G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, always good to catch up with Martin Isles. Of course, the Israel Folau controversy has been raging over the weekend. Folau, of course, as you will recall, had his $4 million Rugby Australia contract terminated over an Instagram post in May that was deemed to be a breach of Rugby Australia's Code of Conduct. Now, the criticisms over the weekend have been about the launch of a GoFundMe campaign to raise support for proceedings in the Fair Work Commission that will be a landmark test case for religious freedom in Australia. Most of the mainstream media have been rallying against the idea of raising funds, uh, with a series of stories suggesting that money would be better spent helping the campaigns of sick children who have GoFundMe campaigns operating. And that's not all. Martin Isles from the Australian Christian Lobby has been brought into the controversy with appearances on Channel 10's The Sunday Project last night as well as appearances this morning on Channel 7's Sunrise and on 9's Today program. And Martin Isles is joining us for our regular catch-up on a Monday. Martin, welcome along to 2020. Good day, Neil. Good to be with you again. Martin, uh, you are certainly making a splash in mainstream media with some appearances over the weekend and this morning, and uh, all about Israel Folau. Uh, he's not going away anywhere. In fact, this GoFundMe campaign is very significant. Uh, why is this, Martin? Why is it a good idea to be raising money uh, for this whole campaign that, Mar- that Israel Folau is, uh, is pursuing? I think it's a good idea, Neil, because there's no other way the voice of Australians who feel like Israel's case is their case will be heard. Um, This is their opportunity to make a massive noise, and that's literally what's happening. That's why I've been across the mainstream media outlets, because they're desperate for comment on this, because it is such a phenomenon worth commenting on. The amount of money raised in such a short time, I mean, as of this morning, it's it's up bumping 800,000-odd dollars. Um, that is just an incredible amount and outstrips anything of similar scale um, that, that's on GoFundMe or anywhere else. And what it does is it promotes the cause and it gives people an opportunity to be part of the cause and be part of um, uh, making change. Because what we can do now is use this issue to raise it not only in the public discourse, but also to use it uh, as ballast for the argument that we need religious freedom protection laws in this country, uh, because Israel is just the latest of many people, and albeit a famous person, uh, therefore in the mainstream media. So he is uh, offering people a chance, not only to help him, because the help is real, um, but also to add their voice and tangibly put themselves in on a very legitimate cause. His case is our case. If we want to be free to believe, if we want to be free to speak, if we want to be free uh, to do all of those things we take for granted. And as Christians, obviously, it's particularly relevant. It's freedom for the truth itself that's at stake and therefore freedom for the gospel. Uh, But I think for anybody 
who values those freedoms and wants to have the right to be from time to time politically incorrect uh, and survive their job, survive their professional accreditation, uh, it really does matter. So I think it's a very, very good thing and it's a worthy cause. Well, Christian believers and no doubt listeners to this program will recognise just how significant it is to have a battle or a fight for freedoms. Uh, But there's also the other side of the story that's desperate not to have these freedoms even debated, uh, to have the freedoms of Christians suppressed. Uh, the mainstream coverage of Israel Folau is typically all negative and uh, a whole series of different misrepresentations of what this whole thing is about. Uh, just this assumption that, uh, you know, here's someone who is uh, independently on his own quite wealthy. Why would he be having a campaign with a GoFundMe campaign getting people to contribute? Uh, what about these misrepresentations that are happening in the media? What are your thoughts here, Martin? Well, I think they've overlooked, firstly, um, a couple of things. They've sort of accused him of greed. Well, the money's going straight into a trust account. It can only be used to defray his legal expenses. So there's not a lot of greed in that. He's not going to go and buy a car with it. He's not going to misappropriate the funds. He can't do that. Uh, That's the first thing. And secondly, uh, we've got to think seriously for a second about what's happened to the guy. He's nowhere near retirement age. And yes, football players, what they do is they essentially use the money they earn during their playing career to set themselves up for the rest of their life. That's what they have to do because you're only at your prime athletically for a particular amount of time. And look, yes, he was on a high wage, but he's actually got no wage at all now. Uh, and not only does he have no wage at all, there's no prospect of a wage because he's been banned for life from both of the sporting codes that he's been playing since he was a teenager. He doesn't have any other relevant skills. So he has to live off his accumulated assets for a very long time. Uh, and he's had the rug pulled out from underneath him in terms of his livelihood. Just because he was on a high wage doesn't make him immune uh, to the incredible challenge that that is to people and their families. Um, so, you know, it's worth helping the guy out. It's very Australian to say, oh, well, he's got a quid, you know, hang him. Uh, you know, no, that's not right, I don't think. It's not a Christian spirit where we're supposed to draw alongside each other when we face different trials and difficulties and supposed to bear one another burdens, are supposed to help each other out. And, you know, um, I don't think Israel Folau has any intention of getting rich off this at all, uh, but he believes in the cause, and I think we can support him there. But uh, that's not the only, uh, I think, unjust portrayal of the situation in the media. Uh, many people will have heard all sorts of ideas that have been allowed to persist since this case uh, occurred. And, you know, the first one being this notion that he had promised very sincerely to Rugby Australia that he wouldn't post any more social media. Uh, now, that's not true. Or that there was a clause agreed in his contract uh, which was specific to his social media usage and, or religious expression. Again, that wasn't true. Uh, or whether or not it was um, that his dad had told him that if he deleted the post, he would definitely go to hell. Again, not true. Uh, or that he was thinking to turn his back on Rugby Australia anyway. And, uh, you know, he was going to go back into the church. Again, not true. He loves rugby. He wants to continue playing rugby. He gave a sermon attacking transgender kids. I mean, anyone who's got a bit of an IQ who listens to that sermon knows that he's doing nothing of the sort. He's attacking the government. So, look, this is a very deliberate and a very calculated smear campaign across media outlets. And the overwhelming narrative is that this guy's a bad guy, and they're trying to change public opinion. And so the, the longer we can talk about this, the, the more this gets airwaves, the more of us that can support the guy, the better. Um, it's a really pressing thing, and it just shows you how ugly it is uh, when these fights begin, uh, just how ugly it gets for people who uh, will not bow the knee 
to the gods of political correctness. Well, it certainly is a campaign worthy of the support of Christians who have an opinion, who want to be able to hold an opinion and not be shut down or sacked from their job. Martin, you've been on the project last night. Uh, you were on Sunrise this morning and the Today program. There are these uh, commentators who are raising this issue and uh, they're looking for uh, insight, they're looking for commentary, they're looking for opinion, and uh, you've been asked, and you've been put on the spot a few times. Uh, how have your appearances been to you? Oh, look, I'm pleased with the way the appearances went. I mean, God's been good. Uh, he does tell us not to fear what we are going to say, and he'll give us the words, and I've very much experienced that, and I think that's because, uh, you know, I, I've got a lot of people who pray in these moments. Um, so I'm, I'm pleased with the appearances. I guess I'm a bit saddened by the uh, degree of hostility. Um, you know, nobody I talked to was a fan, uh, and in fact were quite um, uh, uh, quite unreasonable uh, and, and, and essentially out to uh, try and make me trip up or try and make me say something that would discredit me. Uh, because they're so settled in their narrative uh, on this. And so their only purpose really in getting me on uh, was to make me fall on my face. Uh, by God's grace, that simply did not happen um, and was able, in fact, to answer some of the difficult questions, like, you know, they put it to me, do you think that homosexuals would go to hell? And they asked me that a couple of times. Uh, but I was able to use it as a very clear opportunity to actually just present the gospel and talk about the fact that uh, the Christian message is that we all will be uh, judged by God at the end of our lives. We will face God, who is real, and give account, and we will be judged and found wanting. And all of us are destined to hell because we will be judged and found wanting, and we've all fallen short. Uh, and that uh, the only way uh, around that is the salvation that has been given in Jesus Christ, available to us all. Uh, and that's the Christian message. And I, I actually said that on the project, the Sunday project, uh, in all that detail. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's pretty incredible. A massive, massive audience, the biggest time slot in the week. Uh, and so I'm really grateful to the Lord for giving that opportunity. That's right. It is an opportunity. And as you say, even though the intention of those hosts in those programs has been to make you feel uncomfortable, to pose the questions that should put you on the spot, that should somehow or other make you fall to pieces, uh, you've recognized God's grace and his ability to be able to help direct your response there and uh, you're feeling good about the response that you made and I'd point people to uh, those appearances which they'll be able to simply Google the project or Sunrise or Today and you'll find Martin Isles and uh, you'll be able to look at those uh, online. Uh, another big different angle and an issue here uh, with all of the challenges around Israel Folau and Rugby Australia and uh, court cases and all of these sorts of things the sport of rugby itself, Martin, is there room for reform of rugby given that the modern game of rugby has Christian foundations? And uh, a wonderful article in Eternity newspaper that, uh, that I'd point listeners to about a school principal, Thomas Arnold, who transformed his school and the game of rugby to foster faith and genuine character in boys developing their spiritual side and a robust moral life. In fact, it's even been recorded in a book by Thomas Hughes, uh, who sang the praises of Thomas Arnold's uh, about uh, this idea in Tom Brown's School Days, a book that dates back to uh, the uh, mid-19th century, 1857, in fact, a very significant book 
that actually began to promote the idea of muscular Christianity and uh, the idea that a game like rugby uh, actually is useful in teaching people how they fit into the game and uh, running with the ball, all sorts of good ways that you can talk about Christian faith. Your thoughts here, Martin Isles, about any sort of reform possibilities for the game of rugby over all of this controversy? Well, look, I think everything can be reformed, but it has to come from the top. Uh, uh, or, you know, usually the leadership of an organisation is the thing that colours its character and its, and its complexion. And there's a strange sort of phenomenon around that where it's not always in overt and obvious ways, but just the personality of a leader can make a very big difference to an entire entity. Uh, it's the same with nations, actually, when prime ministers are in charge. It just, you know, there's just that, that, that effect of seeping through the culture, um, even just by having the presence of someone who is, uh, you know, even a Christian or a righteous person in that role. Uh, and it is my view that reform of rugby would probably have to be preceded by a replacement of Raylene Castle. Um, but uh, you say, what's the prospect of that? I think the prospect of that's very high. Uh, and I think it's very high because, um, you know, some things I can't say, but uh, in the, the legal ins and outs of this, uh, of this matter, uh, she's not conducted herself uh, in a particularly professional way sometimes. Uh, and I think that there's a lot, um, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of there's a bit of mismanagement going on, but also the optics of this are bad for their sponsors. Um, their sponsors are getting upset about it. Um, the uh, the, um, uh, the the view among the, the, the people who come to the games and, and buy the tickets, uh, they're getting pretty fed up with it. Um, her popularity is quite low, and so this is sort of coming back. Uh, and I don't, you know, rejoice in this in any way at all, but it is a fact that it's coming back as a bit of egg on her face. And if they lose the legal argument or the insurers pull the plug and refuse to fund it any further, I think that will be a decisive moment. Uh, and it may well be that we see her replaced. I think that that, through that kind of leadership renewal, yes, uh, real change is possible. And look, what you say is true, Neil. Um, the reality is uh, that uh, rugby... Uh, is an opportunity it was seen at one stage for uh, particularly young men to train themselves and discipline themselves and improve themselves. And that's a very Christian idea because we don't believe that the self is good by nature. Uh, we believe that we need to uh, train ourselves up uh, and improve uh, through discipline, good ethics and hard work. And rugby is one of those, one of those opportunities that young men had. Uh, and so it makes sense, in my mind, entirely to uh, recover it for Christian influence. I suspect there'll be some who might dig a little bit deeper and find Christian foundations in many of our sporting codes. I note that while we're talking about rugby and the idea of creating and promoting the idea of a muscular Christianity, there was also a development there where the instigator of the modern Olympics, Charles Pierre de Frady, was inspired to declare that the guy I was talking about a little earlier, Thomas Arnold, gave the precise formula for the role of athletics in education. So when we talk about sport, it's not just one of those little add-ons uh, to an education curriculum or the sorts of things that you do as entertainment with your life, but actually there may be a very strong spiritual basis uh, for the way that we actually apply our values and our ethics to sport. And it might be all sport here. Um, I don't know whether you think, like to reflect on sport. I know you actually are a sport lover here, Martin, but uh, but actually digging a little deeper into lots of sporting codes might be a useful thing. Uh, look, I, I think so. I mean, it's interesting you, you raise this, Neil, because what I find as I study 
uh, sort of the foundations of so much of the things we take for granted. And it can be things like this, things that we just don't think twice about, which we assume are part of normal human life, uh, which exist in our society, which are good things. Uh, and when you start to dig into them, you suddenly realize that they are there because of a Christian idea. Um, everything from our schools to our childcare centres to our trade unions to universities to orphanages, I mean, to the parliament, the parliament that we use, representative democracy, all of it actually, even the legal, the common law system that we have in this country, all of it actually originated with a with an intrinsically Christian idea. And I think with sport, you, you've nailed something, which is that it actually there's a Christian ideal that can be in the motivation for promoting and funding and improving sport. And it is, in fact, uh, what I said before, which is that by nature, people are, you know, they're rough diamonds. They need to be disciplined. They need to be trained. They need to be improved morally. They need to be improved in their character. They need to be improved physically. Uh, and rugby is an opportunity. Sport is an opportunity for actually a number of those things to come together uh, when done excellently and well. And it just always astonishes me to look into history and think, oh, okay, that thing I took for granted, it's Christian. And so as we throw away the Christian foundations of our culture, I think the unintended consequences will be Immense. Well, Martin Niles, just great getting your insights into these issues we're facing as a nation. And I'll point people to the ACL website, Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. And uh, I'm not sure if there's a link there to the GoFundMe campaign for Israel Falau, but uh, also I'll point listeners to supporting uh, that particular campaign because... Uh, it has so many ramifications for the freedoms that we all take for granted. And it all seems to now boil down to uh, the outcome of what happens with Israel Folau. He's looking to raise $3 million. As you said, Martin Isles, that's up around $800,000 at the present time. Uh, is it worthy of support? I think when you hope to hold an opinion or to express any conviction uh, into the future, you might hope that that Israel Folau campaign is successful. So so acl.org.au and uh, the encouragement to support that GoFundMe campaign for Israel Folau. Martin Niles, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.